Welcome to the Beethoven 9 at 9 podcast. This first aired Saturdays at 9 a.m. in 2015 on Colorado Public Radio. I'm Monica Vischer. You know the name Beethoven. Millions around the world can sing the famous opening to his Fifth Symphony. Or the closing of his ninth, exulting brotherhood, galvanizing entire nations. Ludwig van Beethoven's nine symphonies influenced every generation of composers that followed him. Together they paint this picture of a man whose music changed the world. The Beethoven Nine at Nine looks at how Beethoven altered the musical trajectory forever, even though war ravaged his home, even though he battled severe depression and even though he was going deaf at the height of his musical genius. We'll survey a different symphony in each episode, its backstory and its impact. Beethoven biographer Jan Swafford joins me for a deep exploration of the man, the music, and the forces that made Beethoven one of history's most important figures. We're taking the symphonies in order, so we start today with Beethoven's first symphony. It's 1800 in Vienna, the mecca of music. Mozart is dead. Haydn is late in his career. By this time, Beethoven is 30 and known in Vienna more for his brilliant piano playing than his compositions. Jan Swafford, welcome. Good to be here. As we begin to explore Beethoven's nine symphonies, what should we expect to be discovering about Beethoven? It's an incredible journey, and Beethoven was given to these kind of journeys So what we're looking at in the Nine Symphonies is not just a technical journey, though we're looking at that too as he learned more, but it's also a kind of emotional and spiritual journey of enormous breadth and depth. Very simply, if you just look at the first three symphonies where he traveled from the first symphony to the third in the space of four years is is further than most artists go in a lifetime. How is Beethoven the composer revealed in his symphony number one? There are a lot of people who would try to make everything Beethoven did some kind of revolutionary moment. And I think what we hear in the first symphony is Beethoven using what he knew and biding his time. He wasn't scared of anybody, he wasn't, but he was aware. And in symphonies he knew he was up against Haydn and Mozart above all. In the first symphony, he wasn't ready to challenge them. And it is uh, very much an 18th century symphony, and it recalls Haydn a lot. Most people hearing this wouldn't know it was by Beethoven at all. For those who might not immediately be able to call to mind what an 18th century symphony sounds like compared to what Beethoven did in his later symphonies, how could we describe that? I would say the model and and where Beethoven picked up from is the Haydn late symphonies, especially the London symphonies, and also the last three Mozart symphonies, which when he came on the scene were regarded as the great symphonies. And it's really those symphonies by Haydn and Mozart that made the symphony the king of musical forms. 
you know, tradition says Beethoven did that, but it's not really true. But what he did do is pick up where Haydn and Mozart left off. What kinds of things would we be listening for in recognizing Haydn or Mozart and Beethoven's music? It has a kind of restrained sound. It's not particularly coloristic. The orchestral sound is very much of the 18th century. It's, it's fairly modest in its scope and its length. And it doesn't play with forms too much or harmonies too much. I'd describe the symphony as very current for its time and modestly bold. How revolutionary is Beethoven's Symphony No. 1? Uh, I hate to say it, but not all that much. (laughs) It's an 18th century symphony, as we've said before. Beethoven wrote it as a big finish for his first solo concert in Vienna. And if you look at all the pieces on that concert, he didn't want to provoke too much. Mm. Um, And he didn't want to with this symphony either. It was a pragmatic decision. Clearly, he didn't really know yet where he wanted to take the symphony, and he had too much common sense to just barge in with something, you know, over the top. So he he wrote a nice, appealing symphony, and it caught on pretty quick uh, and became actually a tool that critics would belabor him with later on. You know, when they heard things like the Third Symphony, they kept saying, why can't you write something nice like the First Symphony? Was it a reflection of his teacher, Haydn, or was this Beethoven uh, beginning to strike out on his own? He was, but he was not ready to unveil the depth of that yet. Let's put it this way. This symphony was one that Haydn would like. He knew very well what was going to provoke and what wasn't. One thing to keep in mind with the first symphony is this was really one of his first rehearsed big orchestra pieces that he ever heard. And certainly he was experimenting with the orchestra. The one critical thing the first review said about it was that it it was, he used the winds too much, which is a way of saying it's overscored, and it is. And he never did that again. Uh, He has the whole orchestra roaring away loudly for page after page, and he's not being subtle about it in this piece. Beethoven was starting to lose his hearing by this time, 30 years old. What was happening in his personal life? He was partly deaf already, and he hadn't really realized yet that he was going to lose it completely. He still had hopes that it would get better or not get any worse, and he could still hear reasonably well. Uh, He was not terribly depressed about it. He had had sort of some romantic disappointments. But the reality is his career was kind of soaring. If he weren't going deaf, he probably would have been in a terrific frame of mind. This was not... uh, He had other physical problems too, but he was used to that. His gut was a mess. 
but he was used to his physical infirmities and he was ready with this first solo concert in Vienna to present himself as a full-fledged orchestra and chamber composer and sort of say, here I am, world. about his fingerprint within the first symphony? The fingerprint is not so much in the style or the ambition as it is in the care with which he was shaping his reputation as a young composer. He had already made an instant reputation as a pianist, and now he was very carefully feeling his way and being very aware of when he was feeding the public things that were pleasing and I won't use the word conventional because he was never totally conventional, but he was feeding the public things he knew wouldn't scare them too much. None of this is learning his craft or apprentice work. And if you want to talk about a Beethoven fingerprint in the first symphony, I would say that to a degree you see that he wants to make a big noise. Was Beethoven's first symphony a reflection of the time? It was in the sense of being a real 18th century symphony in the tradition of smaller orchestras of that time and in the tradition of being a little bit maybe impersonal compared to later Beethoven. A lot of critics and people expected music to be delightful and poignant and pleasing but not too much over the top. It's an 18th century piece in those terms. this first symphony paved the way, set the tone for the eight that would follow? Or does it? What it shows of him is really how aware he was of what he was doing at a given time. And here he was very aware of establishing himself as a composer, not scaring people too much yet. And at the same time, it's clear that he didn't entirely know where he wanted to take the symphony yet. And he had too much integrity and common sense to make a big splash when he didn't really know exactly what he wanted to do yet with the symphony. Give us one more thing that we should really be listening for in this symphony. What we see in the first is a little deceptive because the style is so 18th century, but if you study this piece, you realize that Beethoven was not searching for a voice or polishing his craft. You can say he was being careful, and he knew he needed to be. Mm. He had some convincing to do. 
He had to convince people that he was uh, more a composer than a pianist, or at least equal a composer's pianist, and that's something worth mentioning. Beethoven set out to be a composer-pianist, and if he hadn't gone deaf, he would have been that to the end of his life. All right, Jan Swafford, thank you so much for joining us during the Beethoven 9 at 9. Thanks, Monica. Beethoven symphonies are just part of what we bring you every day on Colorado Public Radio at 88.1 FM in Denver and 99.9 FM in Boulder, also online at cprclassical.org. You can also head to our website for a list of our favorite recordings of the Symphony No. 1, see a video of the piece in concert, and read more about the music. You can subscribe to the Beethoven 9 at 9 podcast in the iTunes Store. Our producer for the Beethoven 9 at 9 is Gene Inaba. Our online editor is Brad Turner. Jan Swafford's biography is titled Beethoven, Anguish, and Triumph. I'm Monica Vischer. Next time, Jan and I will explore Beethoven's second symphony, written at a crossroads between life and death, when Beethoven's resolve to conquer darkness began to take form. That's next time, only on the Beethoven 9 at 9 podcast from Colorado Public Radio.